Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm Allison Sullivan, and this is a podcast about sometimes saving the world and sometimes just surviving in it. In the next hour or so, we will nurture our friendships, explore our joy, shake our fists, all while trying to serve our God, and most likely, all while wearing pajamas. I hope you hear something that lets you know you are loved and helps you love one another. Welcome to Sinner Saint Sister. I'm thick in the middle of family life, which brings me great joy. And then some strife. And then more joy, and then a little more strife. You know. I spend my time dispensing goldfish and hanging out in a baby pool and finding the perfect princess dress and explaining that lipstick goes on your lips, not in your eyebrows. Those are the joys. The strife, for me, is a dress-up day for which I'm unprepared, the nervous breakdown I don't have time for, the sleep which I'm certain I will never ever again get enough of, and stomach bugs. Definitely stomach bugs. Saying stomach bug in a room full of moms is like saying fire in a theater. Try it. Watch how quickly everyone grabs their purse. A stomach bug has violently worked its way through our family recently. I was the last to succumb. I went to bed the other night feeling a little woozy, and the others had been fine for days, so I thought I had been spared, but I went to bed that night a little humbled, a little green. So when I heard our youngest daughter whimper around 2 a.m., I listened and waited. I listened to see if she really needed something, and I waited to see if my stomach could handle a trek up the stairs. And then I waited a few more minutes, maybe with more whimpers, she could rouse my husband instead. You know, the non-green one. Baby. Whimper, whimper, whimper. Me. Gurgle, gurgle, gurgle. Husband. Snore, snore, snore. Hmm. Her whimpering wasn't going away, and it wasn't waking up my husband, so I would apparently have to act. My first act was to flop one leg outside of the covers with just the right amount of exasperation and drama to either A, wake up my husband, thus alerting him to our crying child upstairs, or B, if he was doing what I was doing and laying there awake, trying to decipher which one of us had more superpowers at the moment, the leg flop would tell him that it was definitely him and he should be the one to, you know, scoot on up. So, exasperated and dramatic leg flop nothing. Okay, my second act was to combine the leg flop with throwing the covers off of my body completely with exasperation and drama, knowing full well that cover throwing is the universal sign for I can't take it anymore, but you definitely can and need to get upstairs ASAP and deal with that crying baby before I barf on us all. Leg flop, exasperated and dramatic cover throwing, nothing. Okay, my third and final act was to combine the leg flop and the cover throwing with letting out the deepest, angriest, fiercest sigh with all the exasperation and drama that my weak stomach could muster. Leg flop, cover throw, exasperated and dramatic sigh. With this, my husband mumbled something about antibiotics. He's an infectious disease doctor. I gave up with an all-out groan and got out of bed. I stood there watching him sleep so very peacefully and said aloud, Really? He answered me with something about vancomycin resistant, and I angrily headed upstairs. I understand this was a passive-aggressive, one-sided argument I was having with someone quite asleep, but it was 2 a.m., and I was green. I cannot be held to rationality. Of course it was completely irrational that I was furious at someone who wasn't helping who didn't even know I needed help. But at the time, I wasn't sure what that had to do with anything. He should, after all... Sense these things. I do. I huffed my way up to our little girl's room, each stair receiving a punishing stomp, hoping that this would finally wake him up. Before, I was just trying to get some help, but now I was just being mean. I walked into our little girl's room, and there she was, frozen in her bed, her eyes wide. She looked so small in her big, big bed. She had had a bad dream and said that she was scared. And seeing her like that clutched my heart and made me feel ashamed that I wouldn't want to be the one to rush to her side. I crawled in bed with her, and we prayed a little, talked a little, 
I turned on a few lights. And then we snuggled until she drifted off again, and I kissed her as many times as I could without waking her up. I touched her satin curls and traced the line of her curvy top lip and snuck out of her room as quietly as I could. My sweet little girl had needed me. We had bonded. She woke up afraid and couldn't articulate exactly why, and I had loved her fears away the way only a mama can. It's what we do. And I was glad to do it. Honored to do it. I walked down the stairs, but light this time. Those same stairs that I had just angrily stomped up, I floated down feeling intense love for my family. It's amazing what ten minutes can do. When I walked back into our room, my husband was snoring straight up like a cartoon. There was even a whistle in there. I rolled my eyes, but this time with a smile and crawled in bed, snuggled up next to him, and tried to fall back asleep. I was so thankful to my little girl for letting me love her just right and teaching me, yet again, that it feels good to give, even most especially if it's a little sacrificial. My love for her was so big in that moment that it spilled over to my snoring, whistling, mumbling husband, and I went to sleep happy. As a sidebar, it should be known that had I given my sweet husband a gentle shove and a, babe, the baby's crying, would you see what's wrong? He would have leapt out of bed talking in full sentences as though he'd been up for hours, and it was actually his idea that he'd be the one to go care for our young ones. He's supportive, wonderfully. I read once that with God, I didn't have to be a mom or a wife or a daughter or a friend or a speaker or a mentor or a woman. He created me because he wanted someone to love. And so that's what I have to be, someone to love. Essentially, all I have to do is just show up and keep showing up. And this is easier for me to really understand now that I have children. I memorize their every expression, their mannerisms. I study their emotions. I stop what I'm doing to write down the words that come out of their mouths. And sometimes, at the right or wrong hormonal peak, just the thought of them can make me cry. They're perfect to me perfectly imperfect because, you know, to be honest, they're pretty difficult because of the nature of children, but they fill my heart full. It's amazing. And I know that this love is divine. My kids and the paraphernalia that they leave around the house, they certainly keep my feet on the ground, which is exactly where they should be. This season will be over before we know it. And so I keep with my sisters, the other moms in my life who are so dear to me, sacrificing my body and my time and my talent to grow these people who will live and sin and bless and give and seek independence and undoubtedly break my heart a million times over just to put it back together, stronger, livelier, holier than before. Raising saints. It's what we're doing. And it's not for sissies. And here we are. Okay, does any, we should, we, I need to know beforehand, does anyone not want to be named? Is this an anonymous podcast? Well, we could wait until the end and see. And then then I may claim girl to the left's comment. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the funny one. We'll see how this goes. All right, so I was in the middle of this season, and I realized that everything was just a little bit heavy, and so I thought of... Who are your most shallow friends are? <laughs> <laughs> no. And y'all came to mine. No. First thing. Right. No. I thought of, I need really funny people to celebrate motherhood with. And so I thought about it, and it was very obvious. <laughs> so funny to me, the shines were funny. I think yeah. you're hilarious. You know what it is, though, too, is that it's people that are honest about motherhood. Mm. Because how many cupcakes do you know out there mm. that are like, <laughs> <laughs> that are mm-hmm. like 
homemaking everything. Like the there's four of us. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> obviously, they're sewing the Halloween costume, the yogurt from the, the starter yogurt, whatever. What? Yes, they. Yes. Time for that. The yes. cheesecloth yes. yogurt. No, no, no. The diapers. The the, the life diapers. diapers. Listen, no. I tried. Okay. <laughs> I didn't even try. How long did you try? Well, for? it wasn't long. But okay, so hold on. So these are my dear friends who are honest with me about the ups and downs of motherhood. So I really I wanted to do I have never done a podcast about motherhood. I really yeah. haven't. And so when I knew that I, I I wanted to do this, I wanted to do it honestly. Mm-hmm. And so y'all were the people that came to mind. And so each of you represents something to me, whether it's gross. Whether it's hard because we're kind of dealing with, <laughs> whether it's hard because we're dealing with disabilities, um, whether it's hard because there's a lot of them close together. I mean, there's just, we all share something and we celebrate it in a way that is truthful to me, that isn't trying to paint this perfect picture. So thank y'all, first of all, for being a place that I can come and like shake my fists about motherhood okay so we have angela lisa abby and aaron thank y'all for agreeing to do this together yeah yay i think it was maybe a couple of weeks ago but i posted something on facebook that said um i feel like i spend half of my time trying to locate the vomit smell and then the other half of my time trying to figure out how to be left alone which makes it hard to believe that motherhood is the greatest thing that's ever happened to me. And if that isn't the both and of God, then I don't know what is. I mean, so I want to talk to you guys first about that both and concept. If somebody could jump in right here about how this is hard and beautiful. Well, I know for me, like we, I got pregnant on the pill five months after we'd been married. Like we had like all this money saved. We were going to go backpacking in Europe that summer and, Instead, we bought baby furniture, and it was just like, I mean, I cried for what I found out, which, you know, you have these, like, visions of you're going to do this really romantic way of telling your husband, we're expecting, and, you know, you see people, they do, like, a big pair of cowboy boots and a little pair of cowboy boots, you know, and <laughs> all that, you know, well, I was so in shock, and I was afraid you wouldn't believe me, so I just wrapped up the pregnancy test in a Ziploc, and, like, <laughs> So I need you to meet me here. We met for lunch, and I like set it on the table, just dropped it. Mm-hmm. He's like, Here's my piece of fact yes. in the middle of your lunch. So, <laughs> I think, and we probably like, I mean, total shock, grieved for about forty eight hours. Like I looked at our honeymoon pictures, and like, well, that was fun. And I remember I was like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna put on my wedding dress every year on our anniversary. You know, it'll be like accountability. I'll stay small and beautiful. <laughs> and like our first anniversary, I was like eight months pregnant, you know, or mm. 10 months pregnant or, or nine, whatever, whatever. The wedding dress wasn't yes, happening. Was the, the wedding point. dress wasn't happening. And so I think what caught, I mean, it's just total giving up of self. Mothering is laying down your life. And from the minute that child enters, it's like, mm-hmm. Okay, it's good. It's not. It's not about me anymore. I want it to be, <laughs> but so it's beautiful, but it's hard, mm-hmm. and I don't know. I mean, I think you know. To me, I always say like, you know, one of my favorite quotes is if if dependence is the goal, then weakness is our greatest advantage. And my new quote is if dependence on the Lord is the goal, then parenting is our greatest advantage. <laughs> yeah, because, yeah, because yeah. you know, that's good. Mm-hmm. It's really good. So true. So. How did parenthood take anyone else by surprise? I think, you know, you have all these people that are like, the minute I saw my baby, Mm -hmm. I loved him. And I thought the minute I saw my baby, it was a miracle. And I couldn't believe the ears and the toes and all those things. But I didn't have the... Mm. Instant, instant love yeah. on my life for your yeah. child luckily right. luckily for me my mom had had a similar experience and uh-huh. so she had well taught me like yeah. you know that it may comes be. or whatever yeah. Yeah. and so to me the love came in a rocking chair mm. in the nursery mm-hmm. crying over how horrible breastfeeding is mm-hmm. and your boobs are bleeding mm-hmm. and all of that like those were the moments that gave us love mm-hmm. but it's been 
it's been something that I like to warn new moms about mm-hmm. because I do believe for some people that they really do that mm-hmm. have that instantaneous click, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. it wasn't there mm-hmm. for me. So did, were you able, you were able to admit that at, at the time, I'm, I'm not feeling this yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, I think that I guess because my mom had given me permission that it doesn't mm-hmm. always happen that That's way. Great. And That's I think so I was great. a really horrible baby and I'm sure she had really like mm-hmm. guilt about that mm-hmm. until at some point someone gave mm-hmm. her the off button. And so she had always warned me that that's kind of how it was. Yeah. How long would you say that it took you to feel a real connection? I would say for sure, three months. I mean, I think you have to get yeah. out of that worm stage. Yeah. You, you have know, to where sleep. there's nothing. You you did you sleep. say worm? Yeah, like, you know, where there's just nothing. Sucking the life out of you. Yeah. Okay, but hold on. To so, to contradict that, just yeah. so I'm a newborn mom. Yeah. I love oh, the newborn. Really? No, no, I'm not. I'm like, hand them to me when they're about nine months old. Okay, so, and I'll take like five and a half months. Here's why. Yep. Here's why you and I would do great in a commune. Yes. I'm totally. Like, I want to be in a commune with yes. you because I will take your newborn when they get mobile. Hand them over, it, and then I'm done. Yeah, I, I want to break <laughs> from yeah. about four months and really until about eighteen months. Oh, see, wow! I, and then I'll have them back. So you could nurse all the babies in the commune, you right? Nurse. <laughs> if you insist. <laughs> I mean, there would be days that I would, <laughs> because I'm naturally very flat chested. And so I'm like, husband, you got to come home and see this. This is crazy. I'm like, I can feed the neighborhood. Yeah. And, and, and really, I felt that. Like, yeah. I really, um, I love a sleeping newborn. But then there's that, there's that stage where they're, they're about four months. Mm-hmm. So they're not asleep all the time. Yeah. They're awake, mm-hmm. but they can't sit up. Mm-hmm. So you just got to hold this mm-hmm. like slobbering baby mm-hmm. that pulls your hair. Yeah. And I'm like, here you go, Angela. Yes. You can have my no, baby. I said nine. <laughs> <laughs> I said nine. <laughs> I said nine. Okay. So any other ways that you were surprised by motherhood? Okay. Is there I anything? Think, go ahead. Well, no, I was going to say for me, it was like, now that I've got kids, I'm not judging another single mom out there that oh, I see. Oh, for sure. Right. Because before I had kids, I was like, oh, I will never, for example, I wanted those backpack leash harnesses for my kid. Because, I mean, who are, who are you to put your kid on a leash out in public? Mm-hmm. Do you do you leash uh, your children? I had my second born, <laughs> and I Amazon primed a backpack slash leash. Well, I'm faster. judging you. <laughs> this is me judging you. <laughs> because you just don't know till you've been yeah. there. And I'm like, yeah. give me the leash for this kid. <laughs> yeah. So I think that was huge for me. It was yeah. not judging it until yeah. you're there because who are you to say when you're you know, like, Lisa has oh said gosh. this, by the way. So Lisa is one of, I think it's maybe our third most listened to episode. Um, oh, yeah. yeah. From um, diagnosis to dependence or I forget how we cleverly oh, named that. <laughs> it has an alliteration. But it's um, season two, episode two. And it's our third most listened to episode. So go check that out. But Lisa said in that episode that there's equalizers in yes. this world, you know? Yeah. And so motherhood is kind of this great mm-hmm. equalizer. Mm-hmm. And so all of a sudden, cause I taught school before yeah. I had kids. And so I had a lot yeah, of opinions about lots how of you. parenting yeah. should go. So Aaron, I'm sure that you relate yeah. to that. Like as a teacher, like I have a lot of opinions mm-hmm. about all the things that you're doing right and wrong. And all of a sudden mm-hmm. I realize how little mm-hmm. I know yeah. <laughs> and how much this costs. Mm-hmm. Like for me, it was the lack of sleep. Like I could have mm-hmm. never prepared no. myself. Yes. No. And what that and does to you. It doesn't get better. Do you know what I mean? There's a sweet spot like in the middle yeah and now you know I have 17 13 and 10 I mean now you don't go to sleep till they get home Mm -hmm. and if they don't get home till 12 30 then so it's like sleepless nights again in a different way just I think my take on that was I'm kind of like with Lisa like we were married for three years we're planning on having kids during residency not during medical school and one day, I was in the in-service and couldn't fit into my pants <laughs> in July. Surprise. And I was like, that's weird. So I went home and took a test kind of thing. And I was like, wow, I, something's really wrong here. <laughs> this test <laughs> is broken. Yeah. So I, took I shouldn't have bought the generic kind. <laughs> yeah, I should have paid more money. Now, yeah. hold on. Why but, were you in disbelief? But it was positive. She thought it, it was No, I know, positive. but why? Because, I mean, you're having sex. So, like, why? Well, yes, but because <laughs> it wasn't my plan. Uh-huh. Because it wasn't my plan of, like, 
this, I had it all planned out. Of and it just goes to show you, like, yeah. there's how never God a plan is, again. like, you think you mm-hmm. have this planned. Oh, no, you oh. do not. This is what I'm going to do. Here you go. What are you going to do with this? So what I did with it, did not handle it well, like her. Mm-hmm. I hid the test under the bathroom sink. Mm-hmm. No so way. For how like, long? There's no way Joel's going to go under there and find that. Because mm-hmm. I was trying to process it. Mm-hmm. Yep. Mm-hmm. And he had to cut his nails that day because they were looking at their cut gather. So no. he found it. The Lord led him yes. to it. He never, why would he go under our bathroom sink? I don't even know. Cadavers, that's why. Yes. <laughs> so he comes out and brings the test, and I was like, oh. What is that? <laughs> so talk about a way to tell him, you know? And that's hilarious. Just Aaron. start crying. Oh. He thought one of the dogs peed on it. That was his reason. No, 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 no. The dog's like, pregnant? Both of our dogs are male. <laughs> that's hilarious. Why have I never heard this story before? Okay. I was sitting there going, what is going on? How can this happen? Not a good question. So it was one of those things with working. Like I, I was the breadwinner like you, Abby. Like I was working three jobs. I can't quit. What are we going to do? Like what has God done? Why am I here to question that? So it really taught me of like a total dependence, dependence upon the Lord of like, okay, you're putting me in this position because you know I can either handle it or you're watching to see what mm-hmm. I'm going to do. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and I think I had, I had at the time a couple of really dear friends that were major big time struggling with infertility. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. to, to be like, Oh my gosh, I don't, this is, this was not my plan when I had friends yes. that would have given anything to have a baby. That was right. very sobering to go, okay, Lord, mm-hmm. that's not, that wasn't their plan to start. It wasn't my plan, but I'm going to be grateful. Yeah. And mm-hmm. okay. So moving on really quick what are I wanted to kind of broach like some of these like gross umbrella funny umbrella embarrassing umbrella um before we get into some of those specific stories as as you are a mom what is your very worst chore what is the thing that you were so resistant to Uh, like as a mom packing lunches Mm. I, I mean, thankful that we have food, but oh, <laughs> yes. I hate, it. I hate cooking dinner. So also. cooking dinner, I'm like, yeah. I will throw myself in front of a train for you, but I cannot be bothered to cook you dinner. <laughs> I'm over it. Alexa, can you cook my kids yeah. dinner? Yes. And they don't need three meals a day. Oh, <gasps> even on glass plates. Intermittent fasting. We're all taking right. that on. Intermittent fasting. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Honestly, so true. we have a, I mean, Monday nights, Johnny Carino's family night. Tuesday night still is do Taco Tuesday at Rose's. Yes. I see you at Rose's, by the I way. Know. You don't know because you're the drive through the drive-thru. Yes. Yes. But I'm waving at right. you. Right. I'm, I'm like, like, that's my friend. Girls, can y'all blog about this or something? Yeah. What's your problem? Oh, yeah. Why are you holding <laughs> out? And then Talk we have yo yo night a lot, like probably twice a week. You're on your own. You're on your own. You're on your own. You got a pantry, you got a fridge, figure it out, people. Yes. Okay, um, laundry, anyone else's nemesis? Yes. You know, my okay, that's a good thing about your kids getting older. They are like wash, dry, my kids are starting to do their own laundry. The whole kit and caboodle. And um, yeah. And honestly, if put away is in a laundry basket in their closet, I don't care. It's not mine to deal with. Yes. You know, so they are getting better. I think with all of our sports and uniforms having to be washed all the time. You can't they keep it up. Starting, oh, you have another game yeah. Wednesday. I haven't washed it for Monday. And so I feel like that's a skill. I yeah. mean, with one that's going to go to college in less than two years, I'm like, this is a skill that they need. So, But I'm with you. Laundry is just never ending. It is. You know, and I feel like I'm always trying to like make sure that every article, like I'm like, take off that underwear right now so I can put it in the washer. Totally. Yeah. Everything it's never done. It's yeah. never done. Did y'all ever, I would be sit laying in bed with like newborns attached to my boob like a barnacle. <laughs> And I'm watching my husband dress in a three-piece suit. <laughs> yeah. And like, there he goes. And you haven't showered and... No, who knows? But even yeah. if you put something nice on, they're just going to throw up on it. Yes. Totally. It's yes. going to be covered in yogurt. But there he goes. And he's going to be like experiencing all this prestige. Yeah. And then he's going to be able to walk under the, you know, an exit mm-hmm. sign. Yeah. Where his work is done for the day. Yeah. And he right. can like very cleanly wipe his right. hands. There, were, there was something about like how nice for you that your work is done. 
Like the laundry is oh, never done yeah. because oh, what you're wearing is I, dirty. Dishes, the dishes. We've been eating on paper plates oh, for yeah. like 11 and a half years. Yes. Yeah. We recycle. We recycle. I try to be a good person plates. in a lot of ways. I mean, you know, we're recycling. We're not cussing yeah. in front of the kids. It's uh-huh. like, we're good people. I have been known to put other things in my recycling bin when our, <laughs> get, when our trash kids <laughs> are going to say, What does that mean? I brought that up in a group of women the other day, and you would have thought I had. Yeah. yeah. I was like, oh, it's a safe place. This is yeah, a safe place. But Allison, I'm with you. I remember coming home after I quit my job. Oh, I don't know. I was about two weeks in. And just that, you know, that, dep- you know, kind of wearing the pajama pants every day. And I was unloading the dishwasher. And I just started bawling. Toby was like, what is the deal? And I said, there are two things that are never going to happen anymore in my life. I said, task completion and affirmation. <laughs> and he was like, you're doing a great job <laughs> with the dishes. But I was like, it's so true. I'm like, this is never yes. ending. It's endless, yeah. 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 So for sure. me, I, th- there's something about unloading the dishwasher that I, it's not even hard. It's just so The monotony. It's, it's every, every day. day. The same cups. Hold yeah. on. I'm really fixated on how you named that. I really think there's power in naming things. Task, completion, and, and affirmation. Because at work, people are like, you're doing an amazing job. At whatever, you know, like, your hey, kids you are killed like, it on that event. Ugh, yeah, you're dragging Nobody's, me to church. Yeah. Or you, it's, it's <laughs> yeah. the meal that, why do we have to eat this? Yeah. Or why, you know, I just, it's and that really was a low good. point. I mean, no, you know, I, know. I think now that, the, and I will say that's a, the beauty. Like tonight, I had a birthday party for my 17-year-old son and he was just precious. I mean, mom, thank you so much. I mean, thank mm, yeah, for specific things, for the cake, for yeah. my friend, you know. So that comes later. But when they're little, mm-hmm. you don't get a lot of. Well, so my husband sent me a message this morning and I, we all have wonderful husbands. We have such wonderful, I, I'm looking like around the table, like we have such wonderful husbands. And he sent me a message this morning that just said, I really appreciate all that you get done in the morning without anxiety. Like you mm-hmm. do so much no. mm-hmm. in a short amount of time without making our kids mm-hmm. feel the anxiety mm-hmm. of it. He said, it's really amazes me. Mm-hmm. That's all I need. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> you know? yeah. Yeah. And so you go to your job. And I think that through the years, mm-hmm. you know, we're 13 years into this thing called marriage, mm-hmm. but like through the years, I've been able to communicate that that's what you get right. at work on a daily right. basis yeah. that right. you've yeah. kind of been able right. to take for granted that I don't get at home. Yeah. And he has been able to recognize the gap and step in right. and say, I really appreciate that our kids feel loved before they go to school. Mm-hmm. Right. You know, like right. what a gift, mm-hmm. you know, uh, literally that Absolutely. just happened this morning. So, um, okay. So, okay. Let's move to some gross things in motherhood. <laughs> I'm going to start while y'all think. So we're, I'm in the bathroom. I'm with my 18 month son. He's he tells me, this is my third, he tells me he wants to go to the bathroom. So, I mean, we're kind mm-hmm. of at that stage, but not really. I prefer to let my kids, like, potty train themselves at Just three. Just pee in the diaper. It's so much easier. Just, dude, dude I'd, rather change you know? a da- I'd rather change a diaper than yes. a bed. Yes. So, oh, any day. Yes. Totally. So, I'm going to keep you in diapers as long as I can mm-hmm. until yeah. you tell me at three verbally that yeah. I'd really <laughs> like to quit wearing diapers now yeah. because it's embarrassing, Mom. Like, that's where I'm at, okay? <laughs> Other boob. This one's empty. <laughs> Anyways, so we're at Target. He's 18 months old, which some people do kind of start potty training at that time. And he says he wants to go to the bathroom. So I'm like, well, who am I to keep the kid from his ambitions? So we go into the, the Target bathroom. And you know how when they're really little and they're on this like giant toilet, you know, that family bathroom. And it's like higher because it's for people in wheelchairs. And so it's like this giant toilet for this little bitty baby. So I'm holding his forearms. You know what I mean? Like, I'm holding his elbows. He's holding my elbows. And his hiney's, like, sinking down into this toilet. And so I'm, like, sweating. Like, the kid's not going to go to the bathroom. Who are we kidding? Like, you know. And so I'm, like, I don't know, praying to Mother Mary or something. And I look down. Y'all, Blaze is – I can't even really say it without gagging. (laughs) Like diarrhea. <laughs> no. Y'all, he, you know that part of the toilet that is not covered by the rim? 
Oh, it's like that there. <laughs> no, no. He's sucking. No. <laughs> he has his lips wrapped oh. around oh. the part of the toilet seat. And he's like. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. I feel like we're all There's getting like diarrhea now. pubic hair. Okay, I, how how often does that kid get sick? Probably never. Yeah, that's true. Not after that. He's like bionic. He's the bionic kid. That's what you should do with all of them. <laughs> Clearly. Clearly. He's sucking <laughs> on the <laughs> I want to see that target, and I want to die. (laughs) (laughs) All right, gross. Who's got gross? Well, I'm going to tag you on that a little bit, because just today, y'all, I mean, okay, so bless his heart, he's four and a half, but just today we go in the bathroom, the first thing he does, he had to throw something away, I don't even know, but then he's playing in the trash can, and then he's playing in the sanitary wipes, but what is this? And I'm like, stop it. I am so over you touching things that aren't yours, and those are two things that are not yours and then they can start to read and they're like what's a sanitary oh gosh, napkin yes, I'm like, <laughs> of all the things don't stick your hand in the trash of a sanitary napkin oh, oh, so, so bathrooms Richards, you, you just got gotta gross. stay out of them got, in like, public I'm, I'm trying to decide which of the top 40 I should say but probably mm-hmm. one of the worst ones was I was upstairs this only happened about five months ago so my kids are of age where they know when things are gross and wrong <laughs> um, but they still don't care. They're 12, 9, and at the time the youngest was 6. He's now 7. But I go after he takes a shower and I see him cleaning something up off the floor with his bathroom towel and hangs it back up. So I walk in there and he's standing there and I said, What just happened? And Kara, our middle, was dying laughing. She apparently saw the whole thing. He went to go to the bathroom, standing up, decided he needed to pass some gas, but poop fell out. (laughs) So so the poop falls out, so he doesn't want to get in trouble. So what does he do? (sighs) Cleans it with his bathroom towel and hangs it back on the Awesome, because it's dry, like, (laughs) nobody knew the difference. I mean, just the conversation of, like, how did this happen? Like, did Mm -hmm. you not know that this was gonna happen no it was just supposed to be gas and then a big thing of poop fell out i mean listen you have to give the kid credit he cleaned it up he, he did cleaned it up. he cleaned it up he did and i mean i'm still kind of learning about the shark <laughs> that word i mean that that word is i know gross. it's like yes. kids are gross so yeah. okay so i have a really gross one so so when we were first married um well colson was about a year he was he was about a year old not quite walking. And I had been in a meeting and I came home and Toby um, was like, he was like, oh my gosh, he had a major blowout. <laughs> and he was in the bathroom, like cleaning him off. Well, he had just, you know, left the diaper on the floor of oh, Colson's no. room. We had this little dog. It was a Shih Tzu. Oh. And it was a, well, the name speaks for itself. It was a horrible dog. The dog didn't last three months. But... But during those three months, she made quite an impact. But anyway, so he was in there giving the baby a bath. And I come in, and he's like, oh, my gosh, there's a major blowout. So he went and put Colson on the bed, put a clean diaper on him. We walk back um, to our, like, kind of where Colson's room is, and then there was a guest room across. And we had little bitty closets at the time, so I used that closet for my closet. But I was still in college, Lisa mode. I don't hang up anything. I just throw my clothes everywhere, all over the guest bed, all over the floor. Well, Toby walks by and he sees this little dog, Gracie, going to town on mm-hmm. the diaper. Mm-hmm. I mean, face. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right. And this is my husband who, when I would throw up when I was pregnant, he would throw up with me. Like, he cannot. <laughs> so he sees the dog and he turns into that guest room and threw it up. He threw, y'all, he threw up all over my clothes that I, that I had not. All over. And so then I'm dry heaving. And so, I mean, it's like the dog's got poop. Toby's throwing up all over my clothes. I'm gagging. And then we hear Colson screaming from, from our bedroom. Oh, my god! Well, he had, he had 
fallen down like in between the, um, the headboard and the mattress. He was stuck. Yeah. And so he's crying. And so, to, and Toby's like, oh, you know, he's yelling, he's reprimanding me about not hanging up my clothes. Well, I wouldn't have thrown up on him if you had, had hung him up. So we're walking, you know, I'm like, Close I'm like, the baby's crying. We got to go find out what's wrong. And so he turns around. I turn, I mean, I would go, I've never done this before or since in my marriage. I was so mad because Toby wasn't moving fast enough to get to the baby, and he's got throw up dripping. I took my hand and I hit him. I whacked him on the back, like he didn't have a shirt on. My handprint on his back. He was like, "Oh my gosh, you just hit me!" You just I hit said, me. Yes, yes. I mean, it was yes. like the most. Oh it was like the most intense two minutes of our marriage ever. Well, and then another time I came home to him changing Colson, and he was wiping his butt so proudly with the Clorox wipes. I mean, like, well, totally. Right. You know, that can't be. That can not surface. But if you ask Toby, like, anytime oh we do, like, premarital counseling, like, he'll, like, want to bring up, like, spousal abuse and, like, <laughs> try to tell that story. So, she like, hit me. <laughs> yeah, she hit me. And it I did. It left a mark. It did. It was like, it was just so intense. <laughs> okay, so... We all know that our kids are really kind of here to humble us. Any embarrassing stories? As y'all kind of go through ways that you've been embarrassed by your children, I'll tell you mine. Um, so we're standing in the line of Target. I feel like all of my like momentous mom moments happen in Target. But we're standing in the line of Target. And my oldest at the time, so I was you know very new to being embarrassed by my children. Um, he's probably... I would say two and a half, three, but he's standing behind me. We're in the checkout line and he sticks his hand in his pants and he says, mommy, my penis is like a stick. <laughs> okay. Now I turn around and I say, what? Okay. What kind of fool asks a clarifying question in this moment? Talk about a rookie mistake. Who asks Natural them to explain responses. that? And he's like, it's hard and huge. <laughs> My oldest just told all of checkout three that he has an erection. So yes. there we are. Oh my gosh. Oh my Humiliating gosh. times. Anyone else? Oh. <laughs> gosh, I have several, but I think one thing for me was, um, my kids both, well, okay, so when Colson was in the second grade, he came home, and we'd had a babysitter that night. I get home, um, and the babysitter said, hey, I need to talk to you. Colson basically confessed to me that he stole from the book fair today. <laughs> and I was like, oh, wow, you know, and, um, <laughs> and so I'm like, well, at least he's stealing books. Well, um, <laughs> it wasn't books. You know how the book fair has yeah, all that other crap, too, like yeah. the erasers Lightable, and pencils. So that yeah, was what, pens. but he had fessed up to her. And so, of course, you know, we promptly took Hold on, hold on. He told the babysitter, I stole from the book fair. Yeah, he showed her all of his loot. So she told you he stole. She told us that night. But he was in bed. He was asleep. So the next morning, you know, he's in the second grade. He wakes up and I'm like, okay, we need to talk about this. And so Toby, you know, instantly took him into the principal and he turned in all of his treasures and paid up and, you know, asked for forgiveness and all of that. But the funniest part to me was that for like a year after he would refer to himself as a thief. Like, he'd say, like, Mom, I mean, I know that I'm a thief and all, but I'm like, oh my gosh, it's not your identity. Like, you know, we're going to let it go. Yes. Yeah. So then, like, fast forward about four or five years, Georgia was around the same age, second or third grade. And I was cleaning out our closet one day, and I found this big bag, like a, like a grocery sack of like Barbies and Littlest Pet Shop and all these treasures that I was like, these aren't ours. Mm -hmm. And so I came in and I said, Georgia, where, where did these come from? And, um, I mean, just her little face. And she said, I've been stealing them from <laughs> Catherine's house. So our neighbor and friend, she was coveting her little treasures. And so, but she was, she was smart. Like Colson, he was not sly about it. Georgia, Georgia was slowly stashing taking, them. She was stashing things a each barbie time. A barbie at a time. Or a pet shop over. Yeah, time. over a period of several months. You she know. was building her collection. Yeah, yeah. I was more impressed with her skill, but... <laughs> Um, anyway, and so I was like, oh my gosh, why have these klepto children? Like, I'm like, I know we've addressed like respect and manners, but we don't like talk about stealing because 
I would have thought. Yeah. And so we had to call the neighbor and she came over. It was actually a sweet, like teachable moment. So Georgia confessed to her friend. Basically, it was kind of like if you can picture adults, basically, I want what you had. <laughs> so I decided to take, you know, I was like, this is really this. And this friend cried with her and for her. She Aww. was like, I forgive you, Georgia. I still want to be friends. You know, and she was like, you can keep this stuff. I'm like, no, 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 no. That's not the principle. But it was such a random. I'm I was like, in a Bible study with you yes, at this moment. I remember time. this story. And it was yes. a sweet so time. Yeah. But, yeah. I guess my, our embarrassing, there's been multiple embarrassing moments, but this one happened about, I don't know, three weeks ago on Columbus Day when I had a conference with Sam's teacher. And thank God I'm, we know her. Like, Yes. She's great, yes. wonderful lady. Thankfully, she knows that we're not crazy on the most part for Joel and I. But um, she texted me the week before and was like, hey, don't forget, we have conference at 10 o'clock or whatever it was. By the way, I have a pretty entertaining story for you. And I'm sitting there going, oh, jeez. Yeah, this could mean a lot. Yeah, yeah. I said, I t- and so I texted her back and said, I'm taking this a lot of different ways right now. I'm going to assume it's a good story. And she said, just remind me to tell you. So Monday, show up at the conference, right? And he's a good boy. He doesn't look for trouble, but he just, he's mischievous. So she said, by the way, after telling me how much she enjoys him, she goes, I have this paper that I want to show you. And it's this picture of the heart. And it says at the bottom, things that are near and dear to your heart. It's basically this thing of like, when you run out of ideas to write about, then you pick something off this heart. So he has like sharks and he has God. And then beside God, the box wasn't big enough. So he makes a line and puts TV. Well, right above it, he puts beer. <laughs> beer. Beer. So she said, Aaron, it's okay. We drink beer at home. Blah, blah. And I said, no, 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 no. Your seven-year-old really? not writing things that are near and dear to his heart. <laughs> his writer journal. I said, I'm so sorry. I was like, Joel drinks beer. Like, loves looking at the labels. Like, because he does. That's how he taught him to read. Well, it gets a little better. We're sitting down at the rug and... We're talking about schema, which means you know a lot about things or whatever. And she's talking about coffee and how the first graders probably don't know what coffee is because they shouldn't taste it. His hand shoots up. <laughs> My schema is about beer. I know about all kinds. No. I know about all labels. No. I know about all colors. I mean, it was more oh defined. And she was already stayed on task. <laughs> like you can write a paper on it. <laughs> and I'm sitting there going, this is horrible. And thank God we didn't name him Samuel Adam like we were. Because <laughs> <laughs> he was going to be like, no Adam, my brother, way. which was Samuel Adam. And I was like, no thank way. the Lord. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway, here we go. Oh, my gosh. Oh my gosh. I, mean, I will say, though, they, so and if, yes. if it happens at home, they're going to report it. They're going to oh, tell. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it is so. Scary. One of my favorite- or it's going to come back out of their mouth, oh what you said, and you're like, whoa. My second grader taught her entire class about dilation and effacement. Yes. You were having those weekly doctor, doctor appointments. Right. Well, my husband is very, like, we use all the proper terms, and he's a doctor. We wouldn't want to, like, gloss right. over right. any of this. Right. Like, yeah. we want to be anatomically correct. Anyway, and so I was pregnant. And this is the problem with having big kids and little kids at the same <laughs> yeah. time. Anyway, and we were, we were doing the daily thing, like, you know, the weekly thing. Mm-hmm. And my doctor was about to go out of town. And so we had been talking continuously about how I was like you know, 80% of face and dilated to a three. And all I had to make <laughs> oh it to was a four. Oh and then he would let me have the baby yes. before he left town. Right. Um, so, and so she had asked, what does that mean? What does all of that and mean? And of course my husband yeah. taught her. That was important yeah. to your family. Mm-hmm. At the anyway, time. and so Heritage. our little Catholic school. So I read an article mm-hmm. that it was important to talk about things in an anatomically correct mm-hmm. way. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you don't call your vagina your hoo-ha because (laughs) it breeds shame. No shame. No shame. But really, when a little girl is talking about her vagina, she's really talking about her vulva. (laughs) So we're using the word. (laughs) 
So we're using the word vulva in our house. Okay. That's an awful word. Okay. That's an awful word. That's like moist. moist. Vulva sounds like what it is. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. But we're using it because I read an article. So we're at the park. We're with my parents. (laughs) Millie falls and straddles a balance beam. Of course she does. Of course she (laughs) did. Did she scream about her vulva? (laughs) She's holding her legs. Between her legs. Silas comes rushing over and says, Millie, is your vulva okay? (laughs) My mom throws down her purse and is like, Oh my gosh. Damn it! Oh my God. I played along as long as I could. Damn it! If I have to hear that word more, That's hilarious. If I have to hear that word more time, I'm going to kill myself if I have to hear that, oh hear that word one more time. Oh my God. So I'm like, okay, kids, oh just because Grammy so thinks that Bulba... That's a bad word. <laughs> just because Bulba <laughs> thinks Grammy wants to... Oh wants to kill herself. Oh my god. Well, that word makes a lot of people want to kill themselves. Let's be honest. <laughs> I was committed. Oh my god. I was com- I read the article. Here's what they honestly I'm gonna disagree with the article. How many of y'all use that word yourselves? I know. Do you just throw it around? I mean, we don't use that word in conversation. Do you say I've got an itch? <laughs> No, close. No, but no. it's what's accurate. No. I didn't figure that out in college. I'm just saying. Oh that is hilarious. All right. Oh okay. The other thing I thought that when Allison said we were going to do a, a, you know, a podcast on motherhood, I just, you know, I feel like things have changed even since our kids were younger. But there's just this pressure to to keep up. I mean, we all wanted to do a good job, I guess, but like now there's all these standards and there's Pinterest and there's, we try to portray and project these things that really nobody's doing. It's Mm -hmm. all ever, I mean, it's kind of a facade. I mean, there's the 2% that are really good moms all the Mm -hmm. time, but I have this friend from church and she's hilarious. And this was years ago, but she's, her in-laws are from Canada. And so when they come to visit, they come for like three weeks, you know? And they, and every time before the, the grandparents come, they would sit their kids down. They'd be like, now remember (laughs) while they're here, we're going to play a game. We pretend like we're cleaner than we really are. And we eat vegetables for three weeks. And so they would do these things for three weeks and their kids would play, you know, but I do feel like it's just, I, I makes me sad a little bit for the younger moms Mm -hmm. that feel the pressure, they feel the pressure to always have their kids shirts ironed and like they're cute matching. And I will say, I think, I don't know who else is saying this. I feel like where we live in college station, Texas, I feel like for the most part, we Mm -hmm. get a pass on that. Mm -hmm. I feel like, I agree. You know, but when I go to yeah, other cities, Dallas. Houston, you know, I'm like, oh my gosh, they're, you know, mm-hmm. I, and it's not just about what they wear, or what they eat, but I don't know. It just, I think that's what can rob the joy out of motherhood mm-hmm. is just this striving be better than the next yeah. constantly. Well, and I just spoke at this thing a few weeks ago at, at a mother daughter camp. And I feel like that's what the Lord really gave me was striving versus abiding. And mm-hmm. I'm like, we live in such a striving culture and man, I can do this and, and production and efficiency and, you know, all these things, but really what the Lord most wants is for us to help our children find and follow Jesus. That's the bottom line, Mm -hmm. whether their clothes are matching in target Mm -hmm. or not, you know, and yet it gets clouded with so many hard things. So anyway, Mm -hmm. well, there's there's a jillion different ways to prove that you're exceeding. Yeah. Whether it's the organic homemade snacks mm-hmm. that you're bringing mm-hmm. or the perfectly monogrammed outfits that you're putting them in. Mm-hmm. And I, because I'm naturally rebellious, yeah. I've rejected all of that like from the get-go. Mm-hmm. And what it has done is it has introduced me to you. <laughs> right. Honestly. Right. You know? Mm-hmm. And so we're able to meet and mm-hmm. say... Are you willing to mm-hmm. like look me in the eye mm-hmm. and be a real mom with mm-hmm. me? Because this is hard. Mm-hmm. It's not always beautiful. There are mm-hmm. beautiful moments and I want to celebrate those with you right. too. Mm-hmm. But for the for a lot of it, this it's painful 
and it's confusing and I don't have all the answers Mm -hmm. and I have appreciated walking with all of you. I mean, that's why we're all here together right now is because there are, there are steps that you have taken with me personally that have been risky, that have been very truth telling and that have not been pretty. Even our recent years under the misconception, if I do all of these things, you know, I'm walking with the Lord. I'm trying to teach him to, I'm, you know, A plus B should equal C. Mm-hmm. Well, it doesn't it always no. work that way. No. And it's like you almost, I, that's the one thing I would tell young moms is go understanding that with the end of mind mm-hmm. that you, there are no guaranteed outcomes. Yeah. If you're going for outcomes, man, you pick the wrong business. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. Know? Because it's it really is about the process. And honestly, I mean, y'all would agree with this too. I mean, the Lord grows us more in the mm-hmm. process of raising these kids, even totally. than these mm-hmm. kids. Yeah. But can't you look at your own story and kind of factor your own parents out? Yes. Where it's like, the Lord was doing something with me. Mm-hmm. And yeah. we put so much ownership in who these people are when the mm-hmm. truth is the Lord knew them before like mm-hmm. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit's mm-hmm. working in their lives Absolutely. more than we yeah. can even work in yeah. their lives you know? yes yeah. yes and he loves them better than we can which seems preposterous mm-hmm. but it's true mm-hmm. yeah. yeah listen ladies I love you and I love you because we can share the grit and the grace of it all that we can you know, we talk about embarrassing moments at Target or at school. We can celebrate like these victories without taking credit for them. We can admit them in Bible studies, like these things that in the real world would be perceived as failures, and yet we're not tying ourselves to our kids unnecessarily. We are acknowledging them as children of the Lord, who, yes, we have to love, who, yes, we have been assigned to shepherd them through this world, but ultimately they're his. And there aren't more steadfast women that I would rather do this with. So thank you for coming together and sharing your stories and sharing your ideas. There's so much more that we have to search regarding this topic. And so I just invite you back and um, hope that you'll gather with me again because we're not anywhere near like covering this topic. Will you come back? Yes. Yes, absolutely. Yes, amen. Thanks, ladies. Love y'all. Thanks. Love you. Matthew 5.16 In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the verse inspiring Vanaman Designs as they make original handcrafted wooden signs that are perfect for your home or any space where you want to be inspired. And I should know. I needed a few updated Christmas decorations because I was tired of the 90% off after holiday leftovers and unwanted family hand-me-downs. I wanted something special that my kids would recognize as ours. So I bought far more than I intended because I simply couldn't resist. And those signs were up before Halloween. I'm shameless. Vanaman Designs signs encourage faith, love, and family, and they are inspired by the Word of God. That's Vanaman Designs, V-A-N-N-A-M-A-N. Find them on Instagram and Facebook. You'll love what they have to offer. My best friend and I certainly don't have all the answers. But that's never stopped us when it comes to matters of the heart from trying to comprehend, evaluate, analyze, apply, and synthesize. Wait, is that Bloom's taxonomy? I knew we were onto something. This is me, my best friend Kristen, and your questions. Hello? Fifi? Fifinator! So good to be back! Welcome back! really really good to be back but thank you for forcing me to break and rest and um thank you to all the ladies who spoke on our segment and in our absence in my absence it was um fun to listen and uh, but I'm definitely definitely glad to be back yay well I wish I could welcome you back um with better sound quality you mm-hmm. deserve only the clearest connection um so okay I'm loving this I had a rip-roaring good time that went late into the night and we actually recorded the whole thing but with four friends we all sat around and talked about the ups and downs of motherhood and um 
I was looking at the emails that came through, and my favorite one was all she said was, life hacks and what makes you lose it. Go. <laughs> okay. <laughs> like, that's my kind of mama. Yes, um, yes. So what are your life hacks, Beefy? Life hacks. Parenting life hacks. Yeah. Um, okay, so I'm a big fan of the what I like to call the errand to nowhere. Um, everybody gets in the car in some sort of safety harness or some sort of seat spread out amongst the vehicle and are just still. Maybe not quiet, but at least still. Um, right. This is highly effective for a baby that might fall asleep. Um, you might find yourself driving for, sure. for longer um, if the nap happens. But um, I do it with my big kids, too. Or even if it's not an errand to nowhere, maybe it's an errand to somewhere. But then we just take the longest route home because sometimes the car right. and music is just peaceful. Right. Seth and I actually have fond memories of that time in our lives when we mm-hmm. would be like, is it a road nap kind of day? And <laughs> it would be a day that he was off, and we would just kind of end up somewhere different. And, oh, mm-hmm. that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good, a good one. one. Um, one of mine is I – so I'm not – I'm a perfectionist about some things in my life, and then motherhood is, like, definitely not. I've mm. let any sort of perfection go. But well, um, I'll let you I, say that, but you're doing a bang-up job, BP. Well, thanks. I'm, I'm good at using um, my brain over my, like, body, per se. So, like, for things that require physicality, I'm like, meh. But um, one of the okay. things that if the kids have to wake up early the next day, put them to bed and what they're going to wear the next day. It's fine. It's fine. Nice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um. um Okay, here's one that I just learned that I have not yet implemented, but I actually have not gotten a chance to tell you about um, and loved. I was just with a friend, Beef. So they're gummies, and they're not just like your regular vitamin gummies. They're like supersonic, powerful vitamin gummies. And so your kid eats, I think it's only four, um, and they're delicious. My kids ate them, and it is all of their fruits and vegetables for the day. So. In a gummy, you can eat Swiss cake rolls for breakfast, lunch, and dinner. Throw in a few gummies at the end, and you have fully and appropriately fed your children all that they needed for the day. Fantastic. So not like Welch's. These aren't like, you know. No, no, no. I think we get them. I think people sell them, or we get them on Amazon. Um, I have not yet investigated it, but I was exposed to them like last week. Is this one of those things that women are going to hop on Facebook Live and try to sell me a jillion times a day? <laughs> Possibly, and say, thank you, and buy them immediately. Okay. <laughs> um, okay, another life hack. So, again, I'm not a perfectionist. I was staying the night with a friend, and she was trying to get her kid ready for something. I don't remember what. But the kid needed to be, you know, somewhat presentable. But she was running herself ragged looking for matching socks. Matching socks. And I, she's sweating. She's pulling out her hair. She's cussing. She's about to, like, move to Arizona and start a meth lab or something. Like, she was about to give up altogether on this parenting gig and because she couldn't find matching socks. Mm-hmm. I, I just want to tell you, I can guarantee you that if my kids are wearing socks, they are not matching. Let it go. Let it go. Let it go. <laughs> That's hilarious. Okay, so what was the other thing, life hacks, and, oh, what makes you lose it? What makes you lose it, Beef? Mm, okay. I can't say I know how you're going to answer this. I'm, I'm mm, so, I mean, I love my creative little princess, but the art supplies, the capitalist markers, the pencils, oh, the tough paint. Oh, a bonfire in the backyard of I all can't. of the marker lids and dried up markers and dance around it while we... I can't even. It kills me, and she's so happy and she's so proud and she'll sit there for so long and do it and so then part of the hate of the art supplies is the judgy of myself of like why can't I just allow her to the be shame. joyful yes the shame mm-hmm. I'm with you yeah um okay one of my visits is related <laughs> I walk into my bathroom this was a couple of days ago and Bless their hearts, they're always wanting to paint. And, th- and we probably mm-hmm. have those things somewhere. So Lynn apparently found paint but no brushes. Beef, she was using my makeup brushes. <laughs> <laughs> I was so mad. I was 
so irrationally mad. So hopefully I did not scar her, and she will pick up a brush again one day. Oh, sweet girl. Um, okay, I thought of another one. Baby talk. Baby talk by big kids. I can't handle oh. big people acting like little people, and um, they yeah, definitely do that sometimes either when they want something or just when they're being silly. And it's some, like it's like a tone that my ear hears and my shoulders rise, and I, wow. I, I will say, do not talk to me like that. I can't even hear their words. So, yeah, right. that's just a irrational trigger. Okay. Maybe irrational. Um, mine is, if you want to watch me completely come unglued, wake up a baby and see what happens. <laughs> come up. Oh, I have, I have witnessed that. I have seen that in real life. <laughs> but I support you on that, BP. There's, I mean, that's the rest of your day, perhaps your week, if a nap is interrupted. Right. I support mm-hmm. you all the way around, too. So, uh, regarding um, my house, because, uh, you know, it's like I'm fine, I'm fine, I'm fine, and then I've had it with my house and I just need to kind of get to a better place because I have friends that somehow keep a tidy home and you know and even if they have a mess it's like it's cute or something the messes are cute and then I have friends who do have crazy houses like equally crazy but they're kind of fine with that too so I need to figure out either how to have a very messy house and be okay with it or just you know get it together and clean Mm -hmm. up a little more Mm -hmm. so So my thing that I'm like currently working on is pants um just as the people have them when it's cold which is really just a big sign of like not just reacting to life but preparing for it like it got cold last week and granted it was crazy cold and it was surprising but like beef not a pair of pants in my house for either child so we are like running to old navy buying whatever um because it was that or frostbite like in 18 hours when school started well, I feel like if people would quit complaining about how hot Texas was, then we could maybe be prepared for when it is cold. Because it's cold. <laughs> and it's hot. <laughs> I love the beef. It's so good. To, I mean, I've been hearing your voice this whole time, but I think I speak for everyone when I say it's so good to hear your voice on the thank, show. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Can't wait to get back into things. Yay. Love you, beef. See ya. Love you, too. Bye. I've never met anyone like Mary. Well, technically I've never met Mary. You see we're internet friends, but don't let that fool you. This internet connection runs deep. Mary is so many things all at the same time. With one sentence, she can make me laugh, cry, think, and deeply, deeply feel. There's just something about Mary. You'll see. Our fourth child was born at the end of November, almost 12 years ago. He was my first C-section, and he was a constant nurser and wouldn't take a bottle for anything. So by the time my three daughters' dental appointments rolled around sometime in January or February, I was a walking zombie. I hadn't showered in two or three days, and my hair was doing that thing in the winter where it kind of mats up underneath where the top of a collared shirt or a hoodie hits it, and it looks like something small and feathered might be living in there, you know? But I was so starved for different walls and voices that I'd been actually looking forward to the trip to the dentist for a week. My husband offered to take the girls to the appointment by himself. He tried insisting. It was silly for both of us to go, he said, and the dentist was across the Bay Bridge from our house, which added an element of unpredictability to the travel time. And did I mention that we were also expecting an ice storm? I didn't want to admit how desperate I was to go anywhere at all, so I casually mentioned that our oldest was probably going to need that crooked tooth pulled, and it was going to bleed, and maybe I should be there to help her through it. But I didn't want to go alone, either. The three girls were all fairly young, two of them screamed through dental appointments, and I hated the thought of potentially being trapped on the other side of the bridge for an extended period of time when the baby got hungry. After about 20 minutes of bargaining and debate, we finally settled on all of us going to the dentist, together, over the bridge, in an ice storm. We got to the appointment late. Bridge traffic, I muttered with an apologetic shrug when the receptionist glared at me. They all wanted to get home before the worst of the weather hit, too. I don't know how things got out of hand so quickly, but before I knew it, I was sitting next to the youngest girl, trying to hold her legs while she kicked and screamed for the dentist to leave her alone, and the baby tried to nurse straight through my shirt and sweatshirt, leaving an attractive wet smear all over my breast. I could hear my husband in the other room, trying to call me eldest as her tooth was indeed pulled, while holding the middle girl in his lap as she, as he would tell me later, banged on his head with a new toothbrush she'd been given after her checkup. 
By the time the kids were all finished and the receptionist didn't even want to try to talk to me, she just waved us out the door and shouted over the kids, we'll give you a reminder call sometime in the summer. Stuck in traffic on the way back over the bridge, icy rain pegging off the windshield, the girls now boisterously comparing the stickers they got and the baby crying louder because I never did get a chance to nurse him and now he'd have to wait until we got home anyway. My husband and I looked at each other and laughed. And now, over a decade later, when we're about to do something that we are certain is a terrible, horrible, disastrous idea that will end in tragedy, and we're equally certain that we're going to do it anyway, because it's an adventure, and we're in this together, and that's how we roll, we will reach for each other's hands and say, let's all go to the dentist. Dear God, we come to you to lift up motherhood. And while this episode focused on conventional motherhood, I want to take a moment to lift up women who might be remembering the loss of a child or a miscarried pregnancy. To lift up women who may have decided that another mother might be the best choice for their child. And also the women who answered the call and are loving fiercely. I lift up any woman who might be experiencing frustration in the name of infertility. Also women who offer the world their spiritual motherhood, who may not have children, but are mothering colleagues and mentees and neighborhood kids or anyone else who needs it. Motherhood, wherever we have found it, in whatever ways we are cultivating it within ourselves, is a beautiful gift, God. And only you can provide us with the wisdom that we truly need. You, who became human through a woman. Give us courage, God. Help us to not be fatigued. Thank you for the immense joy that children bring us. May that joy sustain us through trials. All of these things prayed in Jesus' name. Amen. In the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. A special thank you to Abby Gehrig, Aaron Richards, Lisa Sledge, and Angela Wilkie. Thank you also to Pamela Anthony Cutright and Chan Redfield for music. Thank you to Mary Beth Bishop for her beautiful writing and also Vanaman Designs. Send us your questions at centersaintsister at gmail.com. Follow us on Instagram at Allison M. Sully and Facebook at Allison M. Sullivan. Don't forget to like and review. For more of Mary's writing, go to madeforordinarytime.wordpress.com and be sure to catch the mini episode for extras.